Christian, greetings to all of you this morning. Um, it's just been a real pleasure to be here already this morning. I thought that the, the singing, the Sunday school, and everything just, just went so well with um, the scripture reading, went so well with the, the um, message that I had prepared, and I hope that, that you'll be as blessed as I was already this morning. The, the songs this morning were consisted of, um, I especially like the last two, um, He Leadeth Me and, um, oh my, it blanked out for me what the other one was, but both message came from some of the experiences that I've had in the last couple of weeks, and I had the opportunity of attending a really good friend of mine's funeral, and it seems like that's that's all that um, my messages have been consisting of the last couple of times or the last three times that I've preached for funerals that I've attended. It's not something that I do for entertainment, but I was really blessed for um, the minister said that someone, someone told him, he says, the thing that I appreciate about Ted Redding, he was, he was my friend and, and I knew him quite well and I don't, I don't really do real well with having people being praised to the skies, you know, especially after they're dead. Um, I don't think that's the point. But I do think the point that was made that day was a very valid point. And that's, the, the brother pointed out, he said, do you know what I appreciated about Ted? And the pastor said, well, there's a number of different things that I appreciated about him, but make a list of what you think about it. And he said he was patient, he was kind, he had a servant's heart, and even if he didn't agree with you, it didn't change his relationship with you. The pastor looked at the congregation and he said, that's the attributes of Jesus. Isn't that something? That's something that I think that every one of us should be reflecting in our lives. We're going to have fruits that are going to show the attributes of Jesus. And then if we're not showing those fruits, I don't, I think I would be safe to say that we're probably not a follower of Christ. Let's read Galatians 5, verses 19 to 26. Now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, and heresies, and means, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, that I have, as I have told you in the times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, Still feeling pretty good about ourselves yet at this point in time. Not a lot of this stuff going on in our lives, right? But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And they that, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now that was a lot of reading to think that all I wanted to bring out was one word. And it, in the King James Version, it's not even in 
that. And it's, it's found in verse um, 22, and it's called long-suffering. But we call it patience in today's language, I think. And most of you that know me fairly well know that that's not a strong point that I have. And so when I was preparing for this, it, it really kind of cut to the core because I'm, I'm part of it. And later in the message, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, why we got to this point. Um, it, patience is something that I think that, that is something that's kind of underestimated amongst lots of us Christians. We don't understand that patience is something that, that is important. It's something that we need to exercise in our lives daily, and it's something that doesn't just come naturally, for, for me, anyway. Um, I'm a type of a person, I tell, my, I tell my guys at work, I said, I don't care what you do, even if you do the wrong thing, do something, you know. Um, you know what? That is, that might be correct. But you know, you can still say that with patience as well. It doesn't, you don't have to, you don't have to be stretching a finger at someone and said, now you really suck, even though you feel like that. So what is the, um, what is the definition of patience? Here we go back to old Webster. He, he's kind of a, he's kind of a go-to book for me. It says that it is the capacity to accept or tolerate trouble annoyances or sufferings without getting angry, annoyed, or anxious. How do I do on that? Talk to my wife. Talk to my employees. Talk to my family. They'll be able to tell me, they'll be able to tell you a whole lot better about how I'm doing on that than, than I can tell you, probably. <clears throat> There's many... I, I thought it was interesting when I when I went into this subject I was I was reading about it and I I went into the Bible and I went back into the concordances and there was so many verses that taught about patience. Why is patience important? Um, let's let's read First Timothy six eleven and twelve. Um, just it's it's just a, a quick. A quick um, look at what he said, what Paul says to Timothy about it. First Timothy six eleven and twelve. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good faith of, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And there again, it, it sounds immediately like this isn't going to be something that's going to be easy. It's not going to be something that you're going to be able to just kind of put on autopilot and it's going to come. No. I think it's going to be uh, something. Well, let's back up just a little bit. Why do we want patience? Why do we need patience? Why is that an attribute? Uh, I mean, why is that an attribute that I want? Or is it an attribute that I want? Um, I, think, I think when we look at God, we can understand, 
And isn't that something that we want to embody? Isn't that something that we want to encapsulate ourselves into? Is that we want to be, we want to be like God. And so therefore we should, we should practice patience. I mean, I think if God would have dealt with me like he did in, in Ananias and Sapphira's time, if he would have dealt with me like he did in, um, what was that guy's name in, uh, uh, that went around Jericho and he stole those, those robes and that money? Um, Achan. You know, I'd probably be a dead man. But God is a just and he's a patient and a loving God. He doesn't want to cause anyone to go to damnation. Um, so 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, it, it sounds like it's a fight. It's not, going to be, it's not going to be just something that comes naturally. It's not going to be something that, that is just going to be here and um, we're going to have it. It's not that way. Um, people are going to be watching to see if we actually live what we preach. There was a, there was a president in, in India that it was fairly recently that he made the comment he said that you Christians say that Jesus is your savior but you don't act any more saved than the rest of us does do that's embarrassing you know why if we have got something that we proclaim is a better and a and a greater thing don't we show by our lives that we have those fruits that we're talking about the bible tells us that by your fruits you shall know them you know, we don't, we don't expect to pick an apricot off of an apple tree. It doesn't happen that way. There was a poem that I, I came across when I was, was studying for this, and it says, you're writing a gospel, a chapter each day. It, it, was, it was refreshing because I, I knew this poem from a young child. Dad used to quote it, and, and so I um, wrote it down because I didn't have it by heart. But it says, you're writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the deeds and actions you do, by words that you say. Men read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? Yeah. I think that, that so often we don't understand that that's the, that's the greatest gospel. That's the biggest, the, the best Bible that people are, are reading today is, is a Christian's life. And what is the Bible that they're reading in my life? So we look at it and we say that, that God, God displays patience, so therefore that we should... We should have patience as well. And this, this sounds a little bit in jest, and yet it is the way that we live life. T today, we're living in a microwave society, not understanding that we serve a crockpot God. I mean, we, we um, want everything instantly. God, we want it now. If you could give it to us now, that'd be great. But what we don't understand is, is that that crockpot, after hours and hours of simmering and, um, you know, the good smells permeating throughout the house, um, you know, it is so much better than having that thing popped into the microwave and, you know, it's like, hey, I'll be here in five minutes. Can you have supper on the table? Um, you know what? 
if you can enjoy that. God has much greater things in mind for you than just, than just the instant gratification that can possibly come into our lives. <clears throat> um, God is patient and is kind and is slow to anger and wants no one to be condemned to hell, as indicated by the story of Jonah. Jonah went to Nineveh, and he, um, he preached after he was taken there kicking and screaming. Um, he had one whale of a time, I think, there, I think you would say. But in the end, he said, God, I knew that you were a righteous God and you were slow to anger. Therefore, that's why I didn't want to go over there to, to preach to these people. Is that true Christian character? Is that an attribute that, that we believe that God has has? is displayed by his patience. Is that the way that God, that we see that God loves us? Is that the way that we think that he's patient with us? And this isn't something that we just develop from the outside. We, we practice it and we practice it and we've become better and better. I think it, it, it's something that we experience. It comes from it, it comes from inside out because that we want to do it for God. We believe that it's something that it pleases God, and therefore we practice it. Um, I think it's in Colossians that says, and I'm not sure that there again, this is partially me paraphrasing, but it says you should be clothed with patience. It's something that we, we need to practice every day. But it's not something that's just going to come naturally and it's, well, once you've got it, you've got it. It's going to be an inward thinking that's going to be um, being practiced all the time. Um, in James 1, 2-4, I'm just going to read that quickly here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That doesn't sound very glamorous. We like to think of life, if we have a life of joy, it's easy to be, be uh, joyful, right? If we, have, if we have an easy life, it shouldn't be any problem at all to have joy. And so if we don't have, if we've got a rough time of it, um, it's God's fault, actually. If he would have just given us, you know, what we wanted instead of, you know, what we got, we would have been that patient man. So basically, it was God's fault, right? No. James 1 says that it is, it's a growing experience. It makes it, it makes it better for us in the long run. Why would it be that way? Because we can't see down the road. We can only see, we can only see a little portion of the road and then, then, it, then there's a bend. And that's why sometimes it's easy to forget that we can't see around. God has possibly and probably got much greater things in mind than, than our little finite minds can, can take in. Helen Keller says we could never learn patience that there would if there would only be joy in the world. Um, and so often we are more interested in our journey, our personal little journey that we're traveling, that we forget about the destination. We don't, we don't realize that, that God has got a different, different plan for us in our lives than we do. 
and that his plan is much greater. And also, I think sometimes we become, we become so focused on our own little plans, on what we're planning for, that we forget to wait on the Lord. Because Psalms, David says in Psalms, he says it over and over again. Solomon says it in Proverbs, and there's, there's so many places that it indicates that he says, wait. Wait on the Lord, and I don't think that was just something that he did for recreational purposes, that he wrote that. He said that we should wait. Because he, 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 I honestly believe that God wants us to wait sometimes, even though sometimes it's hard to wait. And, and in our Sunday school, um, we talked about the, um, how do we accept praise? And, you know, um, and there was something that was brought up. They said, what about if you get criticized? How do you accept that? And this, is, this, this sermon or this message is partially a confession, partly because, you know, we all like to have these warm, fuzzy feelings around us, you know, that life is going good. We're, we're all living a victorious, God-glorifying life. But I had an experience last, uh, no, it wasn't last week. It was the week before. Um, we got called back on a job that it wasn't my fault that it failed. And yet the customer was, was holding me accountable for it. It really ticked me off. Hmm, good attitude, Norman. Really living life with joy, aren't you? I got there and he told me how, well, couldn't you do it this way? Couldn't you do it that way? And I'm not going to go and make a long story about this because... In the end, I take accountability for what happened. And I said, no, I did it once this way, and we're going to fix it, and we're not taking any shortcuts this time. After we got done, or got close to being done, he says, you know, I can't understand why you're angry. Boy, it's like, huh, he could see I was angry. Would you look at that? Doing a good job, Norman. And, and I, I told him why, why I felt that. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't escalate out of control. But the, at the end of the job, he asked me another question, and I responded in a completely unchristlike way. He really got angry. And, you know, I... I said, no, we'll, we'll come back and, and do this, what you want us to do yet. And he says, no, leave. And so we left. Felt pretty bad about it. And so that evening I called back and I apologized. And I said, you know what? Not only was it unprofessional, but what hurts even more, it was unchristlike. I said, I don't, I don't want this dealing, this hanging over my head. And the problem is, is that, you know what, it's probably going to be something that has strained our relationship that is probably never going to get back to exactly the same way that it had been. Um, and and, it, and it's, it's sad. You know, I was following my own selfish desires. I was not looking out. I was not having that servant's heart that I should have had. No, maybe it was unfair. I'm not, 
It doesn't matter. In the end, it matters what would Christ and what would God have wanted me to do in this situation. <clears throat> there's, there's so many times that it's, it's so easy that we say, well, there's no, God really didn't show me exactly what he wanted with me in my life. I mean, why didn't he, if he wanted me to do it a specific way, why did he not just write it all out, spell it out for me? That would have been so much better and so much easier. Most of the times, if we actually analyze ourselves, most of the time when we sit down and we, uh, we wait on the Lord, we can, we can um, actually find out what God's true spirit actually is, what he actually wants for us. And I was, I was so blessed. There was a friend of mine and I were, were looking at, at a business dealing. And um, it came up that possibly it might have more value than, than we had originally thought that it would. And I asked them, what do you think? Should we up the price a little bit? He said, Norm, I believe that if God wants us to have it, he'll let us have it. We don't need to, make, we don't need to get ahead of God. And I, I was blessed with that because unfortunately sometimes that we get, we get caught up in ourselves that we want to, hey, this is God's will. I know it is, you know, and therefore he needs a little, he needs a little help from me. So if I can, if I can somehow help him by running ahead or, you know, um, raising my, my bed on this land or um, whatever it is, therefore I've been helping him out. Maybe that is what God wants us for us, but are we actually willing to wait and listen <clears throat> sometimes God wants us to just mature a little more sometimes he wants us to you know we've got our life mapped out the way that it is and then when everything doesn't work out the way that we want it we go into a tiz but we just need more time I think most of us would look with a bit of askance at Dwight if he would buy Blake a car today Blake, you'd feel comfortable driving a car, wouldn't you? Oh, okay, well. But you know, most of us don't think that Blake is responsible to drive a car at this stage of the game. Maybe at 16 or 17 or 18, maybe Blake might be, yeah, maybe he might be able to. But is that possibly how God sees us? Maybe we haven't matured to the level that he wants us to mature yet. And so he's, he's holding it back. And, and, and we need to have patience and waiting on that. <clears throat> yeah, and sometimes, sometimes they say, well, God, you didn't answer, so therefore I'm just going to go ahead and do it the way that I think, or possibly maybe even the way that I feel like doing it. Ends up in a smashing success or a failure probably. More apt to be a failure than a smashing success. <clears throat> From the pen of Arnold Glasgow, he says, the key to everything is patience. You get the chicken by hatching it, not by smashing the egg. And I think that that is something that, that you know what? Rome wasn't built in one day and our lives weren't either. So oftentimes we can just sit back, relax, and leave the driving to God. <clears throat> We read, we read of many mighty men in the Bible 
that, that practiced waiting. We read of David. He waited 13 years before he was, he was made king. And yet, you know, he had, been, he had been anointed king 13 years before. God, get rid of Saul so I can do my job. No, God had a, had a perfect time. We read of, of um, Moses. Um, we read of Job. You know, he had, a, he had a great loss, and I'm not sure exactly how to feel about it. When, when I lose 10 children, it's going to be a loss no matter if I have 20 more. Um, there's, it, it, but, but he was. He was blessed beyond measure, I believe. <clears throat> um, and so often, I'm afraid that um, God might possibly feel a little bit like a blind man, well, actually, no, like a, like a guide for a blind man. The blind man tells the guide where he wants him to go. And, and, you know, hey, avoid this spot because there's rocks here. Or avoid those spots because there's a, there's a canyon there. He can't see them. You know, why do we try? Why do we try to tell a, an all-knowing God what's right for our lives? Why can't we just be patient and wait? And um, yeah, and when right here, I've, I've made a note. It says, when we visit and view the modern heroes of the faith, and we see a patient individual. They most certainly didn't get there by just having an easy life. And so I think they probably went through some, some um, tribulations and, and things that made them stronger in the faith. And, and that was one thing that I, that I uh, appreciated about Ted. Ted and Doris were both older when they got married. And they had one child, and he was 30 years old and was never married when he had a single car accident on the way home from work and and it killed him and it just and it just felt like Ted and Doris put their whole heart after they lost their son they put their whole heart into serving serving the Lord faithfully in their spots and and I think sometimes trials can can either make you stronger or break you depending on on what, um, which way that you choose to take it. And if there's, if there's one, one thought that you could take away from this message, it is today, is to, is to think about it, that the, um, the patience that you extend to your fellow man is, or the, the patience that you um, want to have from God is probably not going to be any, is not probably going to go, come down any further than it goes out to your fellow man. I would just encourage that let's all be more patient with each other. Uh, let's, let's pray for each other. Let's, let's be patient with each other. And, and yeah, just be, be strong in that aspect of life. God bless you. Thank you, Norman. It's a really good reminder to uh, 